Hi, everyone, and welcome to the February 17th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. My guest today recently spoke with Automotive News Canada staff. He talked new vehicle inventory, average transaction prices of new vehicles, the rising monthly payments, seemingly non-existent incentives, and surging interest rates. It's everything a dealer and consumer will want to know, and we'll hear all about it in this edited conversation with J.D. Power Canada's Senior Manager of Power Information Network, Robert Carwell, on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Robert jumped right into what most of us want to know. How much does the average new vehicle cost in Canada? How high will the average price go? And what, other than inflation, is driving prices higher? As everyone can can feel with, you know, groceries and, and housing, pretty much everything these days, vehicles, new vehicles also got more expensive. So, you know, last year we saw the average vehicle in Canada transact at about $48,000. That's up 12% versus the year before, and it's up also 14% uh, the year prior. So we're we're sitting uh, at at unprecedented levels of vehicle pricing because we've seen double-digit increases over the last two years. And in fact, if you just even look at the leading edge of the sphere, if you look at December month, which is our last month or most current month of, of data, you know that number was even approaching fifty thousand dollars. So we're probably going to be looking this year for in calendar twenty-three, the average vehicle a Canadian buy is going to be around fifty thousand dollars or or even more. And there were a lot of things driving this pricing, and we kind of separate it into its into its four components. Um, the, the largest by far, Tim, are incentives and the lack of incentives over the last two years. And this simply is uh, an effect of your basic supply and demand economics. As OEMs were were struggling to build vehicles. Uh, to get parts, source parts, uh, to, to ship uh, parts to factories and, to, and then to ship vehicles. Uh, you know, you don't have to incent what you can't really build. So because the supply side was, uh, was hurt, incentives went way down. And that's the single biggest component of vehicle pricing in, uh, in Canada. And we saw those incentives erode from, you know, around... Um, seven eight thousand dollars before covid for the average vehicle to as low as two and um it increased a little bit but we're still in a depressed incentive market at about uh three thousand uh, dollars so that's the single biggest factor affecting uh vehicle pricing the second thing is uh what manufacturers you know cho- cho- chose to build and what people bought and essentially, what we see here is still the phenomena of more people choosing to buy uh, a light truck, um, mostly an SUV, uh, but certainly also pickups. We saw you know, record share in Canada last year of, of full-size trucks. In a couple months, it was approaching you know, 20% of, of the marketplace. And as people buy fewer uh, traditional sedans, four-door uh, passenger sedans, and they buy more light trucks, it drives the average price of the vehicle up. Now that that sort of split between 
people choosing to buy those vehicles. And, and it's also increasing what manufacturers were, were choosing to build. So admittedly, is a bit of a, of a push-pull uh, factor. Uh, but we, we have seen this uh, you know, phenomenon over the last number of years. It's just Canadians are choosing to buy more expensive uh, body styles of vehicles. Uh, last year, we hit the ratio hit about 85 to 15 so 85% of vehicles retailed in Canada, new vehicles retailed, were a light truck body style, uh, and as typically an SUV or, or, or a pickup truck, and 15% was the um, was was the passenger car. So that that's an important aspect of this as well. Um, sort of the third issue is uh, you know dealers don't have to negotiate very much, so we saw pretty high uh, dealer uh, front end margins on the vehicles uh, they were selling. Again, this comes down to a supply and demand uh, economic situation where um, the number of consumers was outstripping the supply of vehicles. Dealers didn't need to negotiate. They were making full margins on, on sales of, uh, of vehicles, and that added to, to transaction pricing. So we know the average transaction price is up. What's that mean for the average monthly car payment in Canada? Robert connected the dots. This one is going to be tough on our marketplace, and it's it's going to be probably the biggest issue we're going to face uh, this year, and it's all related to um, interest rates and what we've seen happen to interest rates. So uh, the average car loan interest rate has increased two full percentage points just over the last two years, and in fact, most of it's been uh, back and loaded into the last uh, seven, eight, uh, nine months. So the average APR in Canada right now, whether it's a lease or a loan, uh, just we're looking at it in the totality of the marketplace is uh, is 4.6%. And if you look at the dominant way uh, of how Canadians buy cars, which is on the 84-month uh, financing plan, it's uh, in the last uh, two two months, so sort of the start of this year, it's now over um, 6%. And if you look at the the uh, the used vehicle market, we're we're all approaching nine percent for the average uh, interest rate. So, what's that then done to the new vehicle market and payments? Is that the average payment in Canada is now approaching uh, eight hundred dollars? And to put that into context, it was less than six hundred and fifty dollars before COVID started. So there there's an enormous amount of of pressure on on the family budget. Uh, when a family's acquiring their their next new vehicle, uh, because the average payment, like I said, is is you know it's sitting around uh, it's approaching eight uh, eight hundred dollars, and we don't think there can be that much more elasticity in it to to keep it uh, to keep it growing. It's uh, it's it's going to have to start to kind of turn around at some point. With interest rates rising, what's a car buyer to do? Pay cash, of course. Robert explains. One of the other trends that we're following for the year is uh, that Canadian consumers are now uh, doing record amounts of, of cash deals and cash transactions. So I'll, I'll give you some context of that. Typically in Canada before COVID, you would have seen about 10, 12% of consumers uh, execute a cash deal when they're purchasing their next uh, new vehicle. 
And uh, we're seeing that now uh, starting to push past 20%, and we've seen as much as 22% last month, which means that 22% of new car deals uh, that, that we measured in our data, uh, the, the, uh, the consumer paid cash for the vehicle. Now, what that means is the dealer did not arrange any financing uh, with the new vehicle purchase. So the person, essentially, the buyer showed up with uh, with a check or a draft and paid for the vehicle cash at the dealership. Now we know, um, you know, most people don't literally uh, pay cash. So what this is telling us is that they're choosing to self-finance. And it's kind of not surprising if you think of what has happened with, uh, with interest rates and that the average uh, 84 month loan on a new vehicle is now over uh, 6%, uh, 6%, 6%, that people are dipping into uh, other resources, uh, most likely um, uh, HELOC instruments, uh, home equity line of credit instruments to uh, uh, try to obtain a better, uh, a better interest rate for themselves. Um, this is going to become an, an issue this year because if you kind of just think about the average car, so we talked about how the average vehicle is approaching $50,000. If, if you went to a dealership, Tim, and financed a $50,000 car, at the average 84-month APR, um, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a range of between 55 and 6.5% with a minimal down payment, you're looking at about $10,000 or over $10,000 of, of borrowing costs associated with the loan. So we're not surprised that Canadians are getting a little bit more resourceful, uh, kind of not, not choosing as often to finance with the dealership, but self-financing themselves elsewhere. So when, if ever, do incentives return to pre-pandemic levels? Robert explains. We think uh, incentives will start uh, increasing, and we predict it's going to happen this year. Uh, and there are kind of two reasons driving that. The uh, the first reason is um, you know uh, uh, demand might start to falter uh, later this year. We're we're still kind of sitting right now in Canada at um, at an un, in an unmet demand situation where. Uh, vehicles are still being sold to people that were waiting to uh, to take delivery of them. Uh, but, you know, with talk of recession and where interest rates are, uh, that's going to be a, a primary driver of some incentives coming back. And it's going to be related more so to where interest rates are uh, to sort of retain that that payment affordability for the average uh, average Canadian. So you'll, you'll see the interest rate situation kind of starting to spur some incentive growth uh, this year. Uh, and we'll all, we'll, we also predict that where there's probably going to be more supply available in the Canadian uh, marketplace. It seems that most manufacturers are poised to build uh, a little bit more inventory and perhaps have some of that land in the Canadian marketplace. And, um, Again, that that we, if you think back to your your economics 101 class, as supply starts to go up, uh, there will be some increasing pressure on uh, on pricing, and you'll see it start to chip away a little bit. Since electric vehicles continue to be more expensive than their internal combustion engine counterparts, Robert explained how that has an effect on the overall pricing outlook. Absolutely. 
EVs are uh, generally much more expensive than the uh, internal combustion engined gasoline powered cars that that they replace and we see that the the average gap in price between uh, gasoline EV has only grown over the last uh, four years and right now uh, in our in the Canadian marketplace uh, that average price gap is about fourteen thousand dollars now that's before any and all uh, government um, incentives where where they are available provincially and of course, the, the federal rebate that's available and nationally across Canada, it's before those get, get factored in. Um, we've seen this gap get bigger, not, not smaller. And that's, that's sort of a factor of what uh, manufacturers are choosing to build and what consumers are choosing to, uh, to buy. We're still in the early stages of, of EV uh, development. Uh, of the EV marketplace. So you're seeing a lot of early adopters go in. Uh, they, they will pay price premiums. They want uh, fully loaded uh, cars. They want the best example available. So it's been causing that gap to widen, not to shrink. We think eventually we'll, we'll reach the point where that's going to turn around and uh, better batteries and uh, actually mainly um, uh, increased uh, uh, production volume. Is, is going to start to see that that number shrink, but um, but that gap shrink rather. But we're we're not there yet. So the the more that we penetrate EVs into the retail mix, certainly that's going to increase vehicle pricing. By our our calculations, by our estimates rather, uh, if you factor in that, um, uh, according to the federal government, twenty percent of our vehicle mix is supposed to be EV uh, by, uh, by 2026, which is only three years from now, uh, you're, you're looking at six percentage points increase in, in the average price of the average of the total fleet of vehicles out there just by um, uh, uh, introducing that, uh, that 20% of the mix at an EV at an average price differential of about 14%. Robert ended our conversation by predicting what might happen to new vehicle pricing in general for the remainder of 2023. So what we think is going to happen this year is uh, based on the assumption that uh, more supply will be built and will land in the Canadian uh, marketplace. Uh, that's going to provide a little bit of, of pricing uh, relief, especially when you combine it with the uh, the specter of uh, recession uh, later this year, with uh, where interest rates are and potentially whether they could go uh, higher, if if the, the central bank still feels we need to um, you know uh, uh, fight inflation and, and help quell uh, inflation, uh, we think those two factors are probably going to see vehicle pricing go down. Uh, but you know, like the housing market, Tim, it's it's going to be a cooling off. It's not going to be a falling off. It's just going to be a cooling off in pricing. And how that will manifest itself is you'll probably see manufacturers choose to build maybe a little bit more of their mix in, in more modestly uh, trimmed uh, vehicles. So it's not going to be about uh, only selling the top-of-the-line uh, trims uh, in, in top-of-the-line specification. There are going to be some more modestly equipped uh, uh, trims in there uh, because that um, uh, demand bubble is is going to be um, it's, it's going to be uh, smaller. It's going to it's going to deflate. Perhaps it won't even be there by the middle of of the year. 
And when you twin it with uh, a high interest rate market and possibly with recession uh, coming, we know that supply will start to get uh, larger, cars are going to sit longer, and you're going to see some uh, some extra incentives on there, mainly in, mainly in the area of um, APR subvention to keep uh, interest rates, uh, to get interest rates a little bit lower and proffer the consumer a, a better deal uh, on um, on the uh, the rate of, of the vehicle, and you know dealers going to need are going to need to negotiate probably a, a little bit harder themselves as well. So you also see probably some reduction in in margin that uh, that retailers are making on, on vehicles. So th- those two those two factors are are going to reduce prices a little bit. I want to thank Robert for being my guest today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glayson at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.